0: Welcome to Hope for Today, a weekly Bible teaching program that will bring you hope for every day. Hello and welcome. Thanks so much for joining us on Hope for Today. We are honored to be here with you and look forward to our time together. Today, I'd like to encourage you with some feedback we receive from our listeners. Let's go to India. Where we have this story from a university professor. He heard the program on social media. After listening for a few days, he called the producer and inquired about Jesus. I know that Jesus is only a social reformer. How can he be God or Son of God? A man cannot be God. The producer guided him in what the Bible says about Jesus. Now he's found the answers in the scripture. He says, Your programs help me to know Jesus in the true sense. He was right. Normally, man cannot be God. Jesus is the only one who has ever truthfully made this claim, and he gave us the evidence to support it. Here is another testimony. This is from Nepal. I came to faith in Jesus two years ago. I was a sorcerer. Although I engaged in a variety of ritualistic activities, I still struggled with anxiety and a lack of joy in my life. During that time, I heard the gospel from many sources. Later, a newcomer arrived in our village and started preaching the gospel. Many times, people beat him and threatened him so he would leave. But he persisted boldly and continued his work. Then, I made the decision and mustered the courage To accept and adhere to the truth. I found Christ thanks to Him and the Heralds of Hope radio programs. Thank you. Wow! Thank Jesus for His great salvation. We are humbled to partner with Him and trust that He will continue to use this program to glorify Himself. Again, we thank you for joining us and trust that you have been encouraged by hearing from our listeners. Now, If you can, open your Bible to Exodus, and let's give our attention to Pastor J. Mark as he shares today's lesson with us.
1: Deep in the heart of every man and woman and child is a longing for God, and there's a reason for that. It's because we are made in God's likeness and image, and He longs to have fellowship with us. For that reason, we are restless until we find God, or He finds us. So the big question is, how can I find God? How can I have fellowship with Him? There are some people who think that God must be appeased in some way, and so they go to great ends or great lengths trying to satisfy Him. Some inflict pain upon their bodies. They may walk many, many miles. They go on pilgrimages. All of those things are in vain. Or, perhaps they feel that because of their sin, God can't forgive them because they're just too bad. Now, it's true, there are some requirements to finding God, and they are so stringent that no one can meet them on his own. When Moses was building the tabernacle, God instructed him to make the altar of sacrifice. And that's what I want to talk with you about today. The altar of sacrifice from Exodus 27, verses 1 through 8. And in this text, we will learn the how and the why of that altar of sacrifice. So listen as I read Exodus chapter 27 and verse 1. And you shall make an altar of acacia wood, five cubits long and five cubits broad. The altar shall be four square, and the height of it shall be three cubits. And you shall make the horns of it upon the four corners thereof. His horns shall be of the same, and you shall overlay them with brass. And you shall make his pans to receive his ashes, and his shovels, and his basins, and his flesh hooks, and his fire pans, all of these vessels you shall make of brass. And you shall make for the altar a grate of a network of brass, and on the network You shall make four bronze rings in the four corners thereof, and you shall put it under the compass of the altar beneath, that the network may be even to the middle of the altar. And you shall make staves for the altar, staves of acacia wood, and overlay them with brass. And the staves shall be put into the rings, and the staves shall be upon the two sides of the altar, so it can be carried." Hollow with boards you shall make the altar, as it was showed to you in the mount. Even so you shall make it. In this description of the altar of sacrifice, God set forth some specifics for its design and use. The first specific for the altar of sacrifice was the detail of its structure. So God specified that this altar was to be made of wood. It was to be square, two and one-half meters wide and and one-and-a-half meters high. In Bible measurement, it was five cubits long, five cubits wide, and three cubits high. And there were to be horns on the four corners of the altar. These horns were there so the priest could secure the sacrifice on the altar. But horns are often used in Scripture as a symbol of strength or power. Could these horns on this altar symbolize the power of the blood to provide cleansing for the one who was offering the sacrifice? I believe that's possible. Later, the horns on the altar became a refuge for someone who was being pursued by a would-be killer. When in danger, he could rush into the tabernacle and grab a hold of one of the horns of the altar, and no one could kill him, at least not until his case could be examined by the judges. And then there were the utensils, pots, pans, shovels, basins, flesh hooks, and firepans. They were all utensils that were needed to perform the sacrifices, and they were all to be made out of bronze or brass. As we've said before, bronze is a metal that is made of copper and tin. An overlay of bronze was to cover the altar of sacrifice. Brass or bronze speaks of judgment. You see, it was on this altar that the animal was sacrificed, and it took the judgment that was due to the sinner, and it paid the penalty for his or her sin. Also in this altar there was to be a grate, a network through which the ashes could fall and by which the fire could come up and burn the sacrifice. The grate was to be made of solid bronze so that it could withstand the intense heat that would be needed to consume the sacrifice. Those are the details of the structure of the altar, which was to be a place of offering. And then the next specific about the altar of sacrifice was the detail of its significance. This detail was even more important than the detail of its structure. The size of this altar is larger than any other piece of furniture in the tabernacle. That may be God's way of telling us that sacrifice is, is the most important. If you want to find God, you have to have a sacrifice, a sacrifice that is sufficient, a sacrifice that is acceptable. The altar was made of wood, and then it was overlaid with bronze. Copper and tin blended together, and so those two metals had to go through the smelting or refining process. People who have studied carefully the use of bronze in the Bible tell us that bronze often speaks of judgment. And so this was a bronze altar, a place where daily sacrifice was offered morning and evening. The fact that it was made of bronze speaks to us of the continual judgment of a holy God upon the sin of mankind. Exodus 29 tells us that on this particular altar there was to be a continual sacrifice. Let me read it. Now this is that which you shall offer upon the altar, two lambs of the first year, day by day, continually. The one lamb you shall offer in the morning, and the other lamb you shall offer in the evening. And with the one lamb a tenth deal of flour, mingled with the fourth part of a hen of beaten oil, and a fourth part of a hen of wine for the drink offering. Now in liquid measure a hen was about four liters, or a gallon. A continual sacrifice suggests to me that there is a continual need. And then God made continual provision by this altar of sacrifice so that his people might always be prepared to come into his presence in the proper way. There's a fourth idea in the significance of this altar of sacrifice. Like the other pieces of furniture in this tabernacle, there were staves or poles of wood so that the altar might be carried. The mobility of the altar has a certain significance that we mustn't overlook, because wherever Israel went, they had the altar of sacrifice with them. That tells me that God knows that wherever men are, they need an altar. They need a place of sacrifice. So God meant to remind Israel of their need because they couldn't go anywhere without this altar. Let's review these areas of significance. Being larger than any other piece of furniture in the tabernacle speaks of its importance. Being made of bronze speaks of judgment. Being for continual use emphasizes that need was always present. And then its mobility provided for them a necessary altar for sacrifice, no matter where they were or where they went. From this altar of sacrifice, we learn what God requires. He requires a continual sacrifice, and he also makes it clear that no one is humanly fit to come to God. That is, we cannot come to God on our own, just as we are, unless we are coming to ask for cleansing from sin. We must have access to a sacrifice that is sufficient to deal with our sin. So where is that sacrifice, and how do you find it? Well, the Bible clearly teaches us that the sacrifice that meets our deepest need and is illustrated by this altar of sacrifice is the death of Jesus Christ. He was crucified. He offered the sacrifice that is sufficient. When he died, he said, It is finished. And so the plan of salvation that God had in mind from before the world began was finally completed in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And the writer of Hebrews confirms this with these words, And every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God, from that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. So, my friend, this experience in ancient Israel with the altar of sacrifice teaches us the necessity of having a sacrifice that is acceptable when we come to the righteous and holy God. Do you know Jesus Christ as the altar of your sacrifice?
0: Thanks, J. Mark, for this teaching, and thank you for being here for this teaching from God's Word. As we are going through this section of Exodus, I am so thankful for the completed work of Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have confidence to enter God's presence. He has opened for us a new and living way. No longer do we have to abide by the Old Testament standards. Hallelujah! Jesus Christ is the way. If you have questions or if you'd like a copy of today's teaching, here are a few ways you can contact us. The best way is via email. Our email is hope at heraldsofhope.org. If you don't have email, you could write to us. Our address is Hope for Today, Box 3, Breezewood, Pennsylvania, 15533. Or you can contact us on our website. Our website is heraldsofhope.org. Again, the website is heraldsofhope.org. Thanks so much for being with us. We look forward to next week and hope you will join us for more lessons from Exodus. I will finish with a verse from Hebrews 9 about Christ's finished work. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, he entered once And for all into the holy place, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption.